Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning in what is likely to be a quiet day of pre-Lunar New Year trade. Joining me as we break down all the market action, good morning, Ryan Huang. Happy Lunar New Year Eve, Michelle. Yes, and the same to you. I'm sure there's a lot being planned at home. I came dressed as a giant Ang Bao today. <laughs> so you are bringing in the wealth. <laughs> oh, what happened to our Lunar New Year decor? Uh, it came down a bit. I think uh, we had some photo taking happening, so that kind of went to another backdrop. All right. Well, there's so many earnings announcements for investors to sort through this morning that I had trouble deciding where to start. But then I glanced out at the water, at the container ships in the direction of Batam, struggled a little with my internet connection at home. It is a pain. And remembered I need to post a package. So that's how I came up with our three companies in focus this morning, Marco Polo Marine, Starhub and Singpost. Let's take a closer look. Marco Polo Marine has a shipyard in Batam as well as a ship chartering business and it is posting a big, big increase in quarterly profits. It netted more than $11 million in the first quarter of its fiscal year, up more than 75% from a year earlier. What is driving Marco Polo Marine's business, Ryan? Yeah, it does look like overall a good economy that is starting to become, I guess, more active. You've got more folks requiring its services. So if you look at the numbers, a 76% increase in gross profit to $11.6 million. Uh, it cited an uptick in ship chartering, that part of business. Um, and this seeing also only a marginal decrease in its shipyard operations. So all in, you've got higher utility and more hiring of its vessels. So that is playing out well for Marco Polo, Marco Polo Marine in its first quarter. Marco Polo Marine's profits have jumped from about 28% a year ago to nearly 40% now. Its share price rising as well, up 12% over the past month and 20% over the past year. I want to turn from shipping to Starhub. The telco is posting a profit of nearly $73 million for the six months from July to December. And that is not even in the same stratosphere as a year earlier when its six-month earnings were less than $2 million. So what accounts for the big jump in Profits, Ryan. Yeah, big jump indeed. So we've got the company citing how it's actually doing well despite some cost pressures. So this comes through with an increase in service EBITDA margin on the back of growth in high margin segments such as mobile services. So this kind of paints a picture of people traveling a bit more, going overseas for business trips or tourists having to do auto roaming or data roaming. So that kind of feeds into that side of the revenue. And also worth pointing out, Starhub has been on a bit of a transformation journey. So Capex is going into this Dare Plus transformation plan. So mm. there are plans underway to... Um, create new growth engines for Starhub. So despite the heavy spending on that side, it is doing better. Starhub has declared a final year dividend of 4.2%. This brings its full year dividend to 6.7 cents. Speaking of better, that's higher than a year earlier. Starhub share price, meanwhile, has fallen since the beginning of the year, but it is trending a little bit higher this week. Let's move on to our third local company. In focus this morning, we're checking out Singpost. Uh, its revenue slipped during the last quarter and its profits dropped 18% compared with a year earlier to a little less than $28 million. 
dollars. What is behind Singpost's disappointing numbers? Mm, I suppose you have Singpost with the familiar struggles of deliveries facing so many issues, and this comes with the business just going through the familiar headwinds of people not using the mail as much. So much so, you might remember last year, they had to hike postage fees by nearly double. So if you actually dive into that part of business, domestic post and parcel revenue increased because of that postage adjustment in October. Uh, We also saw a 16% increase in e-commerce volume. So that's a good side of business. Not so good side is a lot of Singapore's revenue now comes from overseas, more than 80%. And because of a strong Sing dollar versus places like Australia and the other markets it's in, it has eroded some of the profits it's bringing back into mm. Singapore. So that is not doing well for Singapore. So for a third quarter, operating profit down 18.2%. Speaking of currency woes, they certainly have factored into Singapore's numbers. The Singapore dollar is strong, which is great news for travellers, particularly if you're heading over to Malaysia over the Chinese New Year holidays. But the Sing dollar's strength is hurting corporate profits as revenues. overseas revenues, of course, are worth less when repatriated back here to Singapore. If we take a step back, are there any lessons that you can draw about Singapore's economy and also markets from what's in focus today? Yeah, just touching on what's, I guess, a reflection of the economy um, with Marco Polo Marine reporting good numbers. That is an encouraging sign that things are picking up on their front when companies need more chartered vessels to bring things around. And then you've got start talking about how some of the mobile services revenue is also picking up, which paints a picture of how people are traveling. So that side of the equation is looking quite good. Um, also, I guess the equation for the Sing dollar, that is one to watch out for depending on which side of the business you're in. So if you're bringing back profits from overseas, maybe it could mean earnings could face headwinds. Uh, but otherwise, if you're going to places like Malaysia, we just hit a record high against the ringgit earlier this week at 3 ringgit 55 cent so for folks heading across the causeway this weekend i am sure they are pretty happy Mm-mm. gotta factor in those long waits though of course let's turn now to beijing where the latest economic data sheds fresh light on how china's economy is really struggling to recover consumer prices in china fell 0.8 percent in january as compared with a year earlier Now, while lower prices might sound like great news, these are raising alarm bells. Why is that? Yeah, it is not good news if you're a policymaker. It's good news perhaps if you're a consumer, no prices going down. But it paints a picture about how prices are going down because nobody is buying stuff, which is not what you want for an economy to grow. You need people to buy stuff and then that supports higher prices. Wages go up. The business is able to make more money and pay people more money. And then that creates a bit of a healthy cycle going on. That is not really happening in China. So if you look at the latest consumer price numbers, they had their sharpest fall in more than 14 years. So the CPI fell 0.8% in January from a year earlier after a 0.3% drop in the prior month. And this is worse than what the market was expecting. It was looking out for a 0.5% drop only. So with the pressure on prices, it kind of means tough times ahead for China to turn things around for spending sentiment and of course the wider economy.
The drop in consumer prices in China is the biggest contraction since the global financial crisis back in 2009. That was some 15 years ago. Just for context, the economic and financial stories coming out of China have all been pretty sour recently. So, any chance that things are going to look up for China once the year of the dragon is mm, underway? Well, I'm sure they hope to see that happen. But if you have prices continuing to be under pressure. What is likely to be in focus or at risk is all these small businesses having to go into discount wars. If prices go down, they、mm. have to kind of beat each other with the price tags. You know who can undercut each other, and you know how this is going to play out. They will just suffer with lower margins and shrinking business. That pie is shrinking, and they are having to take in less money already. So it kind of feeds into itself. And then you've got a very bad problem for the economy. So that's one to watch out for. The policymakers are quite mindful of it. We've seen in recent weeks, even the past year, various measures to just shore up confidence in the economy. The latest is sometime late last month we had the triple R cut, the reserve requirement ratio for banks, so they can set aside less money to hopefully encourage them to lend more out、mm. to the consumers. But that may not be enough.、Uh, if you look at the latest numbers, maybe more needs to be done. If we take a look at share prices, the CSI 300 index has gained ground over the past week, but it is still down nearly 20 percent over the past year. China's markets are closed today, of course, for the eve of the CNY holidays, and will remain on holiday, in fact, next week. In Hong Kong today, the markets are open for half a day of trade. Let's turn to the U.S. now, where the S&P 500 briefly touched on the 5,000 mark overnight for the first time. The benchmark index finished the session a couple of points shy. Of that level, but still in record territory, up a fraction of a percent, around forty-nine ninety-eight. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished in record territory, up a fraction of a percent, and the Nasdaq finished higher as well. Let's take a look at some international corporate earnings. For this, it is time to head to corporate news, and we do it up or down style. First up, let's take a look at the chip maker Arm Holdings. Yeah, Arm Holdings has been on a crazy rally in the past session. So if you just look at how much. It jumped. It was forty-eight percent in one session. That's astronomical. It's not ten. It's not twenty. It's nearly fifty percent. And this is on the back of expected earnings to come through from things like AI and the deep beat expectations as well.、Yeah. So the growth prospects for ARM really looking quite good. So this is going to be an up for me. And if you look at the earnings multiple. That is the interesting one to watch. So it's now trading at ninety times forward earnings, which is nearly double Nvidia, which itself had a pretty good run. So both stocks are sitting pretty rich in that sense. So what's going to be interesting to watch out for is next month when its biggest shareholder, which is SoftBank,、uh, they own a big. Chunk nearly eighty percent of ARM, so they will have the lockup period expiring, which is going to be a, a chance for them to sell. So, will they sell or will they hold on to the ARM ride? So, one to watch out for next. Indeed,、month. that's a good look ahead. ARM stock skyrocketed overnight. I mean, closing up nearly fifty percent. That's when I pull out the word skyrocket.、Uh, investors clearly excited about its AI business, which does have high margins. ARM is making money through royalties and licensing. Analysts say many companies talk about AI, but ARM is one of the few whose financials are getting a direct boost from. Technology, so 
This is an up for ARM Holdings. It's also a down for traders who were shorting the stock. They reportedly lost nearly 450 million US dollars yesterday, at least on paper. Now let's look at retailers like Ralph Lauren, Gucci and Tapestry. All right, a case of the rich going shopping and these luxury retailers are breaking in. So just looking at Tapestry, you've got it with Q2 revenue up 3% year on year, $1.2 billion beating expectations. And a pretty similar story coming through for Gucci under the parent company Caring. So you've got them also reporting that the wealthy uh, are going shopping. So that's a picture of um, a very similar picture to Ralph Lauren as well, beating expectations of revenue for the 12th straight quarter as they continue to see robust demand from wealthier US shoppers for some of the expensive sweat t-shirts and uh, sweaters and a bit of a strong rebound coming through from China. So all in, good news for the luxury brands. Yeah, it's a mixed bag, but overall I think I'll give retail sales an up. Let's look at Hershey. All right, Hershey. Celebrates its 130th birthday this... Actually, today. (laughs) So, happy birthday, Hershey. So, they are bracing for higher prices because cocoa prices are going up. So, not great news for those who are perhaps chocolate lovers or celebrating Valentine's Day next week. It is possibly going to cost more. And we are talking about cocoa hitting what's being described as historic levels. So this comes as the company talks about how it might want to offset these price increases with marketing plans, innovation, and productivity efforts to soften the blow of higher costs. But it is still bracing for a bit of a I guess, hit to their bottom line with what's going on. Higher chocolate prices don't like the sound of that. But shares of Hershey jumped 4% overnight on the back of a strong earnings announcement. So that is an up for the chocolate company, which, by the way, is warning, of course, that cocoa prices could push its product prices higher as well. Let's look at Harley-Davidson. All right. I am looking at an up for Harley-Davidson. So beating estimates on their profit despite lower sales. So this comes as they get incentives to offset high borrowing costs on low-selling motorcycles. So that is doing well for Harley-Davidson's earnings per share, 18 cents, surpassing the market estimate of 2 cents. And Harley says it's continuing to make progress on its strategic plan despite the current challenging environment for the industry. So Harley itself is doing well despite what's been a landscape of high borrowing costs in the US. People are still going for Harley-Davidson motorbikes. What about Meta? It's giving up some space here in Singapore. Yeah, so this set South Beach Road. So we are talking about seven office floors which were leased to Meta. And this is perhaps a reflection of how Meta is maybe going into the Metaverse, but they need less office space anyways. <laughs> so I suppose it's a down for Meta, giving up the office space. Maybe it's a sign that after a year of efficiency, they've just gotten more space than they actually need. So they are just letting go of what they don't need.
Maybe extending that year of efficiency. This might be a cost-cutting measure, which is good for Meta. We're talking about Meta giving up seven floors of office space in its South Beach Tower. It is reportedly consolidating its teams at Marina One. So I'll give it a down for Meta. It's also a down for the owner of the South Beach Consortium, City Developments, if you think of it. For our last word today, we're travelling to Wales, where a company is launching a new snack called Dragon Jerky. To be clear, it's not made from actual dragons. It's a beef snack and it's also not being launched for Chinese New Year but rather for a football team Wexham AFC's Red Dragons Mm. I think they might have a big market for that uh, dragon jerky in this part of the world particularly as we are on the eve of the year people of the wooden dragon what do you think yeah dragons are a big deal in Wales is part of the national emblem so this is where you've got a bit of a backstory. So this actually arose out of a bit of a spoof. So sometime back in August, um, Ryan Reynolds, you might know him for being behind the Wrexham Football Club. He also owns a printing business. So part of an advertisement was this dragon jerky or this jerky business saying, hey, Ryan Reynolds' printing company is doing great stuff and it's not actually hard to do dragon jerkies it's actually marketing and they sang the praises of Ryan Reynolds printing company saying Vistaprint is the place to be and the place to use well that was a fictional company back then and Ryan Reynolds decided hey it's actually quite a good idea to make actual dragon jerky to kind of sell the idea so this dragon jerky now exists (laughs) because of those um, earlier advertisements and uh, of course once again it's not made of real dragon it's from um, I think venison and beef that's been marinated for 48 hours (laughs) I like the way you say that no real dragons have been harmed (laughs) <laughs> for this product. Dragon Jerky ads have really gone viral in the UK thanks to Ryan Reynolds' creative agency. Creative. Uh, someone representing the company talks about how the snack is supposedly based on an 11,000-year-old recipe. And there are also ah. Im- <laughs> images of fire-breathing dragons. It's quite cute. I would buy that, yeah. Google it, Dragon Jerky ad. In the meantime, I wish everybody a happy year of the wood dragon. Happy New Year to you as happy well. Happy New Year, everyone. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.